0: All right. Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Halloween, originally known as All Hallows' Eve centuries ago. The celebration or the observance of Halloween came to America in the mid-1800s. A lot of people think that this is just an American thing, but it's celebrated in many, many countries. But in America, it has grown into the second biggest money-making holiday behind Christmas. According to the National Retail Federation, more than 12 billion dollars will be spent on Halloween this year and that's up from 10 and a half billion last year. It's basically been going up about a billion dollars a year. A big portion of that of course, is from sales of more than 600 million pounds of candy that will be given out today. Growing up, there was always that one house that gave out the apples right or pennies or nickel, maybe a nickel if you were lucky. there are no kids. No kids want an apple. Kids want the candy, unless maybe it's a candy apple or a caramel apple. That would be a score, right? And I'm sure it's no coincidence, but today is also National Caramel or Caramel Apple Day. And the big question is, are you giving out the candy, fruit or money at radio underscore Marino, if you're not already following me there. President Biden and the First Lady handed out M&Ms and kisses to trick-or-treaters at the White House late yesterday. I should clarify, Hershey kisses. The First Lady was dressed as a cat. I'm not really sure what the President was supposed to be, if anything, or maybe he was just cold. He had on a hat and a big coat, and from the video that I saw, he didn't touch anybody inappropriately. He also delivered remarks on AI... after signing that executive order that I mentioned yesterday and on the end of the auto worker strike.
1: They have reached a historic agreement and a hard-fought faith, uh, agreement that was uh, really battled for a while. But it was all done in good faith.
0: <laughs> yeah, what he said. My gosh, it's one sentence, barely. Good faith because the UAW called off the six-week strike after reaching a tentative agreement with General Motors, the last of the big three, to make a deal with the union. Apparently, workers will get a 25% wage increase across four-and-a-half-year contract with a cost-of-living adjustment as well. And after staying up late last night to hand out candy, Biden only has one event on the calendar. Today, this afternoon, he'll be speaking from the White House about proposed rules to protect Americans' retirements. I live in Florida. I'm surrounded by retirees. You know what people need? lower food and energy prices, and lower medical bills. That's what everyone needs, not just retirees. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, civilian casualties continue to rise on both sides, but especially among Palestinians in Gaza, where Hamas terrorists are barricaded in civilian buildings, and those Hamas tunnels that we keep hearing about are underneath civilian structures as well.
1: We turn now to the front line. Senior correspondent John Huddy joins us live in southern Israel, where the IDF is expanding their ground offensive. John.
2: Okay. Yeah, we have air sirens going off right now, uh, Bob and Katrina. So, uh, honestly, we probably should be going inside. So, so give me one second. I just want to see. That's a rocket intercept. This is, uh, I'm going to just kind of step out of the way here. Generally, the protocol is you go inside to a shelter, So I just want to make sure that we don't have any incoming rockets. But uh, as far as the IDF ground operations, the IDF announced that it is expanding its ground operations. And we saw that throughout the weekend. And even today, uh, we were at a position over the city, uh, just above the city of Storov, which is a city right on the border that's come under a lot of rocket fire. It was attacked uh, by Hamas terrorists on October 7th. And we saw the battle. We literally was watching as um, Israeli ground forces, Israeli Armor. We're talking about tanks. We're talking about APCs, armored personnel carriers, and also the D-9 bulldozers, the Combat en- Engineer Corps, massive armored bulldozers went into continue to push into Gaza, clearing the way for those ground forces, for the armored vehicles, for the Merkava tanks that are equipped with the trophy system that can repel RPGs, mortars, uh, anti-tank missiles, and then could hone in on Hamas targets and see where the threats are and then eliminate those threats. So we've been watching as the IDF has been pushing in from the east to the west, pushing into Beit Hanun. These are the communities in northern Gaza. And then also IDF forces have been pushing in from the northern part, the due north, the very northern part of Gaza, pushing down. So essentially what they're doing, without getting... To too much of the ids movements but they're trying to put a chokehold on hamas they're eliminating any hamas infrastructure they're eliminating terror tunnels they're eliminating basically rocket launch sites
0: unfortunately tragically disturbingly most of the hamas infrastructure and the tunnels as i mentioned is also civilian territory
2: this, as Prime Minister Netanyahu said at the beginning of his cabinet meeting tonight, the war cabinet, that they're doing everything they can, the IDF, to get people to move south in Gaza, down to the Rafah crossing. And they are working, along with the United States, on getting humanitarian aid, getting much-needed food, medical uh, food, medical, and water supplies into Gaza. This is there is absolutely a humanitarian crisis in Gaza, as Hamas continues to block people. The escape routes from leaving leaving Gaza City in the northern part of Gaza as well. This is where we're hearing fighter jets and helicopters, Apache helicopters in the distance overhead. Guys, back to you. John, it's Bob. Real quick, can you just further elaborate those sirens we were hearing in the explosions in the background? Just give us some more context there on what exactly that was. So that was, those are the code red, the warning sirens, warning of possibly incoming rockets. And then the explosion that you heard uh, was the intercept of those rockets. Um, it is quite dangerous. Look, I mean, it, compared to 2014, Hamas is firing much more rockets. Um, I will say there's been a little bit of a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so much a decline, but we haven't seen as much. But make no mistake, they're very dangerous because there have been direct hits in Netivot vote even today, which is just by sterote where we were, there were rockets that were fired over us uh, and the sirens went off in Jerusalem. They've been firing them at Central Israel and also Tel Aviv as well. So, you know, these communities remain under rocket threat as the IDF continues to go after Hamas and its rocket launch sites, along with the infrastructure, Bob.
0: That's Newsmax reporter John Huddy under air raid sirens in Israel, which is still facing incoming strikes from Hamas. This after Israeli leaders confirmed that 23-year-old hostage Shani Lok, who was seen being kidnapped by Hamas during the October 7th attack on the music festival, has been beheaded. A beautiful 23-year-old girl having fun with friends at the Nova music festival, beheaded. Let's not forget, That that is where all of this started, with young people being attacked and kidnapped at a music festival. More from Rob Schmidt tonight.
3: Texas Senator Ted Cruz uh, joins us tonight, sir. It's good to have you on. Um, I want to just start with, you know, as we see this wide-ranging support that that almost feels like it's expanding as we get further and further from October seventh. We're seeing more and more support for. You know, they, they say pro-Palestine. I think a lot of these people feel like they sympathize with Hamas. Um, I, 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 it's amazing to see that happening in our own country.
1: Well, Rob, it's re- it's really sad. Uh, the radical left, more and more, is openly embracing and and reveling in hatred of Israel and and blatant anti-Semitism. Uh, we've seen the rise of the Squad in the House, where these. Radical left wing activists that are members of the House now openly heap abuse and slanders upon Israel, openly side with the Hamas terrorists. We all saw the footage of Rashida Tlaib walking along the hallway of the Capitol being asked what she thought about Hamas terrorists raping. Women and little girls murdering children, burning infants alive, and she refused to answer. That should not be a difficult question to answer, but she was not willing to condemn Hamas for those horrific human rights uh, abuses. And, and tragically, we're seeing on college campuses across America, especially the so called elite universities, these angry riots of, of rabid, pro-Palestinian activists who who are engaging in very serious threats of violence towards Jewish students. We're seeing across the country, we're seeing uh, Jewish student centers being shut down, Jewish students told to hide, Jewish students hiding in the library being told don't go out in public in your university because the threats of violence are too great, and I got to say for every one of those universities, it's an absolute failure of the administration
3: not to protect and keep their Jewish students safe. It's it's amazing how fast things can change. How I mean, how it's just how an ideology can just sweep through and, and capture people. I mean, we're we're in the same country we've been in for a long time, and just in the last three weeks, uh, it has become, to some extent, relatively acceptable uh, in, in, in in part of our country where you can you can just condemn. The Jewish people, you can, you can celebrate their massacre. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can basically spew Nazi rhetoric in this country right now uh, with relative ease. I mean, you couldn't do that three weeks ago. That's what's terrifying.
0: That's Rob Schmidt with Senator Ted Cruz, who's bringing forward the Hamas Sanctions Act.
3: You're introducing the Hamas Sanctions Act. It's going to sanction every Hamas member known to Treasury, uh, enforce billions in sanctions on Iran and their ghost tankers, which have earned them $80 billion in oil sales, um, extend sanctions on organizations that use human shields, exactly what Hamas does, goes after those who provide safe haven to wealthy Hamas leadership, like the nation of Qatar. Um, do you think that this, I mean, can you get 10 Democrats or nine Democrats, however many you need to come along with this? I, I would hope that they would. Look, I, I hope
1: so particularly at a time of war when Israel's facing the most serious attack it has faced in over 50 years the principles ought to be real simple principle number 1 should be stop funding terrorists who hate America and hate Israel by the way principle number 2 should be stop letting those terrorists into America where Americans are at risk but but on principle number 1 this act is all about stopping what the Biden administration has been doing The Biden administration has flowed roughly $100 billion into Iran. Iran is the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Iran — The Wall Street Journal has reported that Iran planned, directed, and funded the October 7th attack on Israel, that they actually trained Hamas terrorists in September in Iran, over 500 Hamas terrorists, to carry out these attacks. And the Biden administration has flowed roughly $100 billion billion dollars into Iran. That needs to stop. That needs to drop to zero. They have also sent hundreds of millions of dollars into Gaza that went directly into the hands of Hamas, that are funding the death squads, that are funding the rockets. That needs to stop, too. And and, and with this bill, I hope we see bipartisan agreement to stop funding the terrorists that are trying to kill Israelis.
0: Texas Senator Ted Cruz on Rob Schmidt tonight. That's weeknights at 7 o'clock Eastern. So let's take a look at the Biden administration's response to Israel and the growing anti-Semitic movement in the United States.
4: I know uh, John Kirby addressed the protests on college campuses, and I appreciate that the president respects First Amendment rights to protest. But does the president view anti-Israel protests and sentiment on college campuses as anti-Semitism? So,
2: look, I'm not going to get into what's happening across the country and at different universities. I'm not going to get into the specifics. As the admiral said, the First Amendment right, right? That's what something a peaceful protest is really uh, part of part of our democracy, being able for folks. To, to, uh, to be able to express their feelings. I'm not going to get into any, uh, uh, you know, specifics on that.
5: Hmm. Yeah, First Amendment right, but they also deserve to be condemned. But after massive blowback, one might assume from Democrat donors who wish to keep the Democrats' anti-Semite problem on the down low, Joe Biden's new brain reversed course.
1: I want to make
2: something clear uh, at the top, because I understand how important uh, moral clarity is, especially at this time. So when Jews are targeted because of their beliefs or their identity, when Israel is singled out because of anti-Jewish hatred, that is
1: anti-Semitism.
5: We all know why KJP and Democrats refuse to call out their Jew-hater caucus by name. It's because of this multicultural push being made by leftists all these decades. The Democrats know that they would alienate those voters who are professing violence against Jews if Democrats stood strongly against anti-Semitism. So the Democrats, in and out of the media, they turn a blind eye to the Jew haters in their party. One of them is squad member Pramila Jayapal, who went on NBC this weekend saying she's worried Joe Biden might lose the pro-Hamas vote, a vote that is a healthy chunk of the Democrat electorate.
4: The American people are actually quite far away from where uh, the president and even Congress, the majority of Congress, has been on Israel and Gaza. They they support the right for Israel to defend itself, to exist, but they do not support a war crime exchanged for another war crime. And I think the president has to be careful about that.
5: Mm -hmm. First, do you think Jayapal is right Do you think a majority of Americans think Israel's actions are just like Hamas's actions? Secondly, can you imagine Americans' response if left wing lunatics in media or Congress in the wake of 9-11 said that the United States reprisals was actually tantamount to a war crime? Indeed, the very same voices today trying to cast Israel on the same moral playing field with Hamas and the the government that's in control of Gaza were the main voices destroying American national unity after 9-11.
0: Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show, who used to work for CBS TV in Dallas when I worked for CBS radio in Dallas more than a decade ago. Shout out to my former colleagues at the mighty KRLD. But I mention that because Dallas, the city of Dallas, the county of Dallas is in the news today. Not only because the Texas Rangers won game three of the World Series last night, but officials in Dallas County, one of the largest counties in the country, have confirmed a cyber attack on county computers. The county IT specialists say the attack was carried out by the cyber crime organization known as PLAY. That's the same organization that crippled city government in Oakland, California, with a cyber attack earlier this year. So yesterday, speaking of California, if you listened, and I hope you did, I mentioned the 60 Minutes interview with Vice President Kamala Harris, who's from California, right? Well, no surprise, Eric Bowling spoke about it as well on his show last night with Donald Trump Jr. As I mentioned, Kamala Harris was on 60 Minutes last night, very left, left-leaning um, news magazines for 50, 60 years, however long they've been around. I did notice, though, um, the, the interviewer asked Kamala Harris, said, look, the donors, the Democrat donors don't seem to want you as their, their 2024 candidate. If something happens to Joe Biden, um, that was, I mean, is this the first, I don't know, crack in the levee of the Democrat wall around Joe Biden? Are they starting to think about what it'd be like a presidency without Joe?
4: Well, I think it's certainly the first time they're saying it out loud. I think that's sort of been an unspoken rule amongst D.C., right? She's incapable of giving an interview without sort of, you know, the hyena cackling laughter at her own jokes on things that aren't really even remotely funny. Uh, She's got no personality. You knew that early. She was she polled at less than one percent in the Democratic primary, but she also checked off a couple of boxes uh, and that's how the Democrats make their decisions these days. I don't think that works out well for them uh, in the long run. the uh, you know, the unwritten rule in d c is everyone understands that, uh, she is a far greater disaster than even they imagined, probably even than we imagined. We knew it would be bad, but uh, maybe not as bad as she is. So they know that <laughs> uh, the natural selection of things, you know, it's her turn, uh, according to the way they've set things up. They understand that that's a disaster for them in any electoral cycle. So they're probably trying to fix that or remedy it as quickly as possible.
0: It, uh, behind the uh, the golden gates, so to speak, in, in Trump world, is there any discussion on um Michelle Obama being the the the, the Democrat nominee?
4: Uh, not really. I mean, you know, if, if they do that, maybe it's something they do because they're desperate and they don't have anyone else that they think. Uh, you know, you think in a in a stable full of uh, individuals that they've been boosted by the media and artificially boosted by big tech for as long as they have on the side of the left. You think uh, they wouldn't have to go outside uh, you know, of active political people. You'd think that they'd be able to draw from someone, but I guess you'd be wrong in looking at the policies, looking at the results uh, that Democrat policies have given us. I guess that probably makes a lot of sense that you would want to look outside of the thousands of Democrat legislators and lawmakers who would want to assume the role of presidency or further leadership. But again, if you look at the results, if you look at what they've brought us, whether it's failure upon failure, Economically, uh, sociologically, uh, geopolitically—you uh, know—as we are on the brink of World War III, as we're on the cusp of a major recession, as the—you know—economy is on the brink, as inflation goes through the roof. Other than Paul Krugman working for the DNC that says, "No, no, no, inflation is great if you eliminate housing, transportation, energy, and food." You know, basically, Eric, if you get rid of everything that it takes to sustain life in America. Uh things are looking great. If you include those things and you need to actually survive, it's a
0: problem. Donald Trump Jr. on the balance with Eric Bowling. That's weeknights at 8 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. No doubt, Eric will have a couple of high-profile guests tonight. We will have updates from Israel throughout the day, as well as from Capitol Hill and the White House. So keep it on Newsmax, which is available on most major cable systems, including AT&T, Comcast, Xfinity, Cox Cable, Spectrum, and many, many others. It's also available on your favorite streaming platforms like Apple. Apple, Amazon, Roku, Pluto, and more. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Continue to share it with your friends, family, and any friendly liberals that you know. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it
1: free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.